From Equality Arizona, you're listening to the Arizona Equals Conversation, an ongoing interview series featuring the stories of queer people living in Arizona. I'm your host, Gene Woodbury. In this week's episode, I got to talk with Dawn and Hayden, two students from the East Valley who are leading members of a group called Support Equality Arizona Schools. Now, like I almost always do, I forgot to ask them to introduce themselves until we had our entire conversation. So to make it easier to keep track, I'm going to play a short clip right now of each of them introducing themselves. Okay, cool. Hi, my name's Dawn. Uh, I'm 17. I use they, she pronouns, and I'm with Support Equality Arizona Schools. Hi, my name's Hayden. I'm also 17. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm with Support Equality Arizona Schools. There's a good chance you've heard about their group in the news because they're doing really amazing work. But one of the problems for student organizers is that when you do great work, people want to turn you into a figurehead at best, and as uh, they say later, a sock puppet at worst. So I was really excited for the opportunity to sit down with them and talk not just about the work they're doing, but how they got into the work and how they think about the work. This is one of the most fun conversations I've had, uh, coming from my own personal experience, and just getting to listen to both of these amazing people talk. So I'm just going to roll the tape, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks for listening. I really like the business cards. Um, I think you must have given me one at the uh, the Christmas party. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it's it's a fun design. Thank you. I made them. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you do design work? Uh, that's that's a I don't I I would refrain from saying that because just because I I'm solely <laughs> like, on Canva. To design. <laughs> I'm I'm on Canva. I'm not like on like any like real design oh, yeah. software. Yeah. Well, I mean, Canva is real design software, but I I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. I, I like the idea of a, a design curse. It's like you're cursed to do design. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it's active. Like, like the design basement. <laughs> like you're like confined in a basement and you can right. only do design. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, online activism is just being Instagram graphics. thrown into a basement and yeah. forced to make Canva designs. And then sometimes it gets worse and you like have to go into TikTok. It's like everything oh, yeah. just like keeps getting worse. Like, do you are you on TikTok? Like do you do we like, should work be. We were we've made five reels a period of time. Okay. Five reels total. <laughs> and did they perform well? Because that's the thing I really it feels like a lottery almost. It is a lottery. It's okay. okay, with the most recent one. We posted a reel just yeah. yesterday and we got like how much did we get? We get we got a lot of engagement. We got about sixteen hundred views, but like we did? Yeah, that's, but that's huge. But that doesn't like translate the likes. And stuff oh like yeah, that. so it's right, like, it's like yeah. different. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like getting the views though connects to people at least? Yeah, like, I think so. Like, I think the way that the algorithm works, reels are just like more advertised, so more people see it. Yeah, I think yeah. they're trying to push it because of like TikTok commercial success and whatnot. Yeah, I think they definitely amplify reels on Instagram for that reason. Yeah, we always get more impression, not as much like shares, likes, yeah. and all that, like as a post would. 
I found if you like have a multi-image video post right. and you have a mix of photos and videos, I think they amplify that more. Oh, really? Do they? Too. <laughs> so I gotta write that down. But it's the whole thing. I don't know. Chasing the social media algorithm is kind of suck. Like... Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I've been doing that in one way or another for like 10 years. Oh my God. And, <laughs> and I, need just, to, I need to not be sucked into that. <laughs> it's not really worth it. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. It's not really worth it. But I guess I kind of started doing that when I was like a student activist. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, like 2009, 2010, social media felt fun and new and exciting. Oh, yeah. And right. now social media is just like... It's a curse. You have to be there. It's the curse <laughs> yeah, of the, yeah. the activism basement. Right, <laughs> the activism basement. Yeah, the walls, the project walls, and the, we're like we're perpetually sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, that's like I try to come out with a post every couple of days, but it's like, uh, like sometimes you just don't got anything to say. You know? Oh, and I feel so bad because I'm like very inept at Canva. Like I just oh, cannot yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm grinding it out. What well, What do you post for? I think like that's a big yeah. question I've been wondering. I, I think you know people mostly assume, and they assumed the same thing when I was a student, is that young people are tech savvy and they're making everything happen online and I don't think that was true for me and I don't know that that's true for you mm. either I think what, what we post for is like a few things I feel like we post for events you know stuff like that like uh, we do I, I recently did an infographic for the first time which is like kind of interesting but uh, other than that we do just post photos of like us at events which I think is like I don't know if that makes us more of like a I think like older people and, like yeah. to see that it's like oh look at the kids, like the they're, kids. you know they're, they're doing <laughs> oh, yeah. things they're doing the work and they love that I think like the other way that that translates is like you know Twitter where it's like kids are coming out with like fun snappy responses to weird creepy bigots oh right <laughs> like, yeah. people, uh, people like the Greta that. Thunberg thing with yeah. Andrew Tate that's yeah. awesome by the way that was so fun I, I've got to include a link for that in the show notes for people who have no idea the words we just said. <laughs> I think also, like, it was, like, an Arizona thing. Like, some Arizona Republican posted something, and then one of the Mary Copa Dems just posted, fuck off. Oh. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think like... they were, like, authorized to do that, but it was still very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Went around in all of our social circles, and we were like, look at them. <laughs> because now we're, like, we're at the point in the social media lifespan where we're we're, like, not just ironic. I think we're, like, post-ironic. We're just trying mm. to be, like... Post-ironic. You're trying to be, like, a brand and a person at the same time. And you have to balance those two things. Mm -hmm. or, or else you're, like, too weird or you're, like, too, like, personable. Yeah. We, yeah. we like, yeah. mix it up sometimes. We do memes. It's, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I think people like it. I don't know. I think sometimes I let Don use the account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes I'm allowed. Well, Don, you said a really interesting thing about, like... Old people like to see the kids out doing things. Like, do you feel that 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 helps your work, or do you get stuck in a trap of like the kids will save us mentality? Well, I do think it's like helpful in a sense because these old older like people who have like resources and the means to do so, mm -hmm. they like can push our like things out to people who mm -hmm. have like financial resources and like media resources and who like generally know more about this field than we do just coming in as young people who are just genuinely interested in it but i guess the other part of it is the fact that they like see us as 
oh, you're so brave, like, you're so, like, right. special for doing this. Like, I never did it when I was your age is something that we hear so often. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, discouraging, I think, in a way, because it's, like, you never had to do it because, well, I guess, like, they weren't really seeing these issues as head-on as we are oh, now. Right, yeah. Even though, like, those issues definitely were present. Present. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, like, coming yeah. in very rapidly and uh they're spread in a very hateful rhetoric that's not masked by politicians at all and we're seeing that directly and that really is like the precursor to our actions also like if you win the old people you win you win the money and the power and the like and the money (laughs) and the ability to just um have a little bit of i guess like a little bit of the mind of the politicians, you know, be able to, like, mm-hmm. get in their head a little bit, because if you just, like, are popular with young people, then, like, I don't think you could make much change, given, like, I don't know, young people vote, like, 25% of the time at best, but, like... Well, and a lot of young yeah. people can't vote. Right. So that's another thing. Like, you, you, to a certain degree, have to rely on adults doing things, even if you're doing all the work of yeah. activism... Ultimately, you're kind of just asking adults to be right. better. Yeah, that's I mean, what and that's kind of what like democracy is, right? <laughs> I mean, you're asking kind the people, of, yeah. At, yeah, you're asking the people at the top to just like be better, please, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have my own thoughts of just being someone who is like 14, 15, and doing student activism and thinking like, why can't I vote? Why can't I actually just participate? Because I think, like, there's two sides of it. You can be someone who just happens to be a student and young and wants to be involved in politics. Or you can be doing activism from the standpoint of, like, this is important to me because I'm young or a student or whatever. And you you can have both. But I think when it really leans towards just, like, well, I just happen to be young and I want to do this, it can get really frustrating to feel like your only avenue is to push people who actually have power or have voting rights right. to make better decisions. I totally agree. Like, I feel I feel the same way a lot of the time because, like, I feel like we... And I wrote this in my college application essay. <laughs> I wrote, like, yeah, like, we as young people suffer the most under, like, new legislation, but we have the least power to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's just vote. And, you know, if you don't vote, then that means you're not, like, a, you're not a voice. You know, no, it doesn't matter how much you protest. Like, if you don't vote, that just means, like you aren't present in the political sphere. It, doesn't mean, it means that, you know, the politicians can't lose their jobs, you can't vote in referendums, all of that. Uh, voting is a simple thing that makes, like, this entire, like, democracy thing work. So, like, if you don't have it, then, you know, you're not a part of democracy. It sucks because I think, like, adults who work with us and who are supportive of us are, like, pretty aware of that when we, like, talk to them about, oh, we're frustrated about this at the local level or this at the mm-hmm. state level. They're like, oh, like, we, we know that it's, like, good to, like, talk to them and reason with them and go in and, like, uh, te- do testimonies. But at the end of the day, like, we've seen <laughs> historically that yeah. disturbances are pretty effective. And that's, yeah. like, problematic yeah. for us because we don't want to get arrested. Yeah, so. we're... We also go to, like, a high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, like, go to (laughs) a learning institution in which we, unfortunately, have carried out disturbances. Yeah, and and, and, and they have power over us, right? And at the same time, like, you know, yeah, it's good to talk to these people, but, like, I feel like when you walk into the room with a politician, as somebody who has less power than them, like, not even as a young person, as anybody who has less power than a politician, you walk in and they kind of have an agenda, right? They kind of want to talk to you and they kind of want to like talk you down from what you want and kind of give you the impression that they're listening without doing anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's often the case. 
And I mean, even more generously, sometimes it's just someone who has a lot of meetings and they're trying to figure out if you're someone they need to listen to or not. Right. And I feel like for young people, you have the option of just being like kind of dismissed because mm -hmm. you can't vote or whatever it is, or being like the token young person who's like the like the golden child right. for everyone. Right. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to listen to this person because they're like, they're so special and they're doing all these things. Yeah. And obviously both of those can be frustrating. Of course. And I think that like, I mean, we talked to Kevin Harkey and to bring up that example, that's like... <laughs> How many times did he tell us like that we were going to be the future and sitting in his chair one day? And... No, yeah. How many times he offered us? You want an internship? No, bro. I do not want an I don't internship. Want to... <laughs> it's because it's like, I mean, like that. Those are at the end of the days. You know, they could say anything they want and they don't have to do anything, right? It's, there's no obligation to do anything, which is why like disruption is so important because uh, you need to make an obligation to do something as somebody who doesn't have any power, right? Yeah. I want to get back to that topic of like disruptions and, and everything, but Dawn, you said that I don't want an internship line, and I feel that so much. But I think it, it gets to a question I wanted to ask both of you, and I'll just ask Dawn first. When you decided to get into this kind of activism, well, first, like, where did that start? When did that start? And then also, what's your mindset around it? You're someone I know who does like Model UN. For a lot of people, they have the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to get the internship. I'm going to put the stuff on my resume. Yeah. And you're doing something that's more self-directed. So how did, how did you get into that? Yeah, well, like even before I like got into any of this, I was like a speech and debate kid. So was Hayden. Yeah. We, we, we did the same kind of speech and debate. debate. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is why we are so problematically argumentative. But uh, <laughs> speech and debate, and I did Model UN and... And, like, both speech and debate and Model UN, there's this, like, sense of ivory towerisms where it's, like, mm -hmm. this bizarrely academic mindset where we're preaching down on, like, really huge, really important world topics. Like, oh, like, conflicts in the Balkans. And it's, like, a lot of, like, craziness. And it's, like, no one actually really does anything about it. We're just all talking about it. Like, one night, I think it was, like, fourth quarter, and I was, like, reading, like, the news, uh, like, any unfortunate academically tortured debate high schooler <laughs> and, uh, and I came across Doug Ducey saying that uh, the trans uh, athletics bills were for the betterment of our youth and that was like whoa did he really say that that was weird so I went on his webpage and it was like yeah he really did say that because he is incredibly out of touch and I was pretty angry because like there there's this pattern of Arizona just plunging into like saying things that are like, oh, this is for the betterment of our kids while slashing away at, like, school dollars. And this is for the betterment of the parents while, like, slashing away at our teachers. And it's like... <laughs> so, like, I drafted up this, like, pretty angry, like, it was, like, a two-page Google document, and I, like, sent it out on my socials to, like, my friends and stuff. And I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is so messed up. What do we do? And then people, like, started texting me, like... I don't know. What do we do? So I was kind of like plunged headfirst into this kind of thing. Like I didn't really intend to get yeah. into activism. I think like going back to what you were saying about like people who are intentionally in this field and people who kind of have been like forced into it. Mm -hmm. I guess I would be like part of the latter, but I think like I'm learning to really enjoy it. I don't like feel this weird kind of ivory towerisms anymore. Yeah. Because like, it's not practice. <laughs> the other stuff feels like practice. Yeah, it does. Like I'm going to talk about 
I don't know. I remember doing something about like the conflict in Chechnya. That's <laughs> yeah, that's never, crazy. I'm never going to have anything to do with that in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's just practice. The other thing you said is like being kind of thrown in head first, but also into leadership because you said, here's this, what can we do about it? And everyone just reflected it back to you and said, yes, tell us, what can we do about <laughs> yeah. it? So how did you respond to that? Did you start by just saying, let's have a meeting or let's talk about this more on social media? Where did it go from there? Yeah, well, I pretty much just called up a ton of orgs and I was like, well, like, this is who I am and this is what I'm, like, interested in. And a lot of, like, young people are really affected by this. Like, what can I uniquely as, like, a young person who can't really vote and can't really do anything, what can I do? And there wasn't really a concrete answer. So, like, I reached out to teachers. uh, Like, Hayden's teacher, like, connected us. That's how we met. Oh, cool. So, I think, like ultimately it's pretty unfortunate but people who are like not in positions of power are often the ones to first like extend a hand towards taking any kind of meaningful action i think that's true what was your path parallel to that i think in many ways it's like similar but it's also the opposite path because i kind of went into (laughs) activism similar but completely (laughs) different completely different (laughs) I guess similar in a way that, like, I think we have, like, a lot of lining views now, but opposite, like, how we got here, oh, I yeah. think it's really different. Because when I, like, first got into activism for the first time, I, would, I attended, like, the Women's March uh, all the way back in, like, my eighth grade year. And so what year would that have been? 2018. I okay. Think. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2018. And it was, uh, <laughs> I think that was really impactful because, like, for one, it kind of introduced me into this entire sphere of things. But at the same time, like, I saw all these organizations and I really wanted to do something that, like, I thought would be contributing and also at the same time uh, be look good for colleges and stuff. Because, sure, like, yeah. Of course, right? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, like, uh, that's just, like, was like, oh, this is going to be, like, really useful for me. But then the more I got into it, I, like, I really hit, like, every internship. <laughs> I, I the opposite end of Dawn. I was, like... Uh, I ran, like, two internships the entirety of junior year at the same time. And it was was a lot of work. And at the very end of it, I feel like... uh, I feel like I got nothing. And I feel like that's the reason why I kind of got into, like, doing more kind of of out-of-the-box and, like, student-organized grassroots stuff. Because I was working with, like, the Democrats, and I was working with, with, like, the mayor's office and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh, for Gilbert. And it was... It was kind of like, uh, in a way, like belittling, just being able to see like all of the things happening in front of you, but at the same time not having any impact on it. And at the same time, uh, you're kind of just like a, a bit of like a cog in like this big machine going on, like just, you know, making the things happen while you're, uh, you're just sitting there you know, at your desk making phone calls all day. And it's, it's not enjoyable and it's, uh, and you don't really get to push for what you believe in, but rather you're pushing for this agenda that like other people believe in, even though it might not really align with what you believe. And it's, uh, and at the end of the day, I was kind of like, I don't know, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. And I don't feel like I'm going to get anywhere and make any change and like, and do anything at all. So I was kind of by a chance that I met Don, but I'm happy I did because that was like that was when the, the moment where I kind of got an opportunity to kind of act on that feeling like that I was kind of being useless, you know. Well, you started out by saying you wanted to make a contribution, and in yeah. those internships, I mean, did you feel like you were making a contribution? That's how they sell it to you, right? Like the internships are like <laughs> the internships are like, oh, you're gonna like be 
like you know you're gonna become a leader and you're gonna make a contribution and like those two things will never happen like when you're in an internship because all they will do is like I, w- I was in the mayor's youth committee and they were if it felt like they made up the meeting like an hour before the meeting started <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was like a presentation on like a bridge and i was like okay uh yeah, no literally they, they were gonna build a bridge uh out of Ocotillo. like <laughs> we know that ex- gilbert loves their landmark yeah you know, the then, water tower <laughs> thing's huge and then the bridge and the, they're like they're gonna extend the bridge in Ocotillo. and i was like okay um sure and it's like you just get to see these things happen but it's like you don't really get to do anything you you're don't become a better person yeah you're just watching it all happen in front yeah. of you it brings you closer, but not in a way that means anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can, I can understand that. So no, no, it, the, the internships and all that, like they, I have been through them. I don't think I took away anything. No. Well, one other follow-up question I wanted to ask was you said you went to the women's March in mm-hmm. 2018. Did you just go on your own or did you have people who were going that you went with? My sister. Okay. It was my sister because she was with Much for Our Lives at the time. Okay. If I remember correctly. And, like, she was like, oh, you want to go to Capital? And I was like, not really. I kind of want to play video games. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I, I ended up going, and it was, it was really great. Yeah, that was... That's cool. My older sister dragged me into some, some student activism, so I can relate. Honestly, that's... Yeah, I've been trying. Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> like, deep in, like, the video game trench. It's Do like, you have that's... a younger brother? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Did you have anyone in your, like, family or friend circle who you could follow into the work, or did you just have to force Yeah, I was path? kind of just, like, plunged, like, oh, into yeah. the cold <laughs> <Okay>. waters. <laughs> it's a scary place, so. Yeah. And then you got connected through a teacher, yeah. right? And then did you immediately say, okay, let's start a let's start a group, or did you just start saying, what's an action we can take? Because you talked about disruptions, and I think those are maybe, like, parallel things. So which... Which kind of direction did you take it at first? I would say right after we kind of like, we had that first demonstration. And there was already kind of like a pre-existing group and like yeah. that I joined. And right mm-hmm. after like, we like, I, I like saw that, that demonstration, I joined like their Discord server or whatever. And I started joining meetings. I think the first thing that happened was like, Donna called a lot of politicians. Oh my god, then, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm blocked from some offices. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just like, and I just became like, it became like, like a plus one to Don for like a month in, or two in the in the summer, right? I was like just following her to like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna go like, offices. yeah, we're gonna see like, I don't know, like Pollock. We're gonna see like Jennifer Pollock. It's like, okay, I'll come. Yeah, we went to like, Kevin Arkey's office. Yeah, I guess we talked to the vice Arkey, mayor like, about the what telescope is it? The James yeah. Webb telescope. James Webb telescope. The James, James, yeah. What was the relevance of the James oh, Webb telescope? No, no relevance. relevance. At all. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we were like, we called him. We were like, can we talk about the NDO for a second? He goes, No, I'm on vacation. But do you want to talk about the James Webb telescope? It, <laughs> and, it must have been on. And genuinely, like three of us were like sitting there. We were like in like a restaurant in downtown Chandler, and yeah. like I had to put the phone down because we were laughing so hard. Because it was just like the ineffectiveness of local politics has never been captured so hard. I can't help but find that a little charming, though. Just like <laughs> let's just talk about space. Let's just let's just have a completely unrelated conversation. It was crazy because I like I remember I was like look I like I was holding the phone and I was like. What? Did he really say that? He's like, wait. So when you're setting up these meetings, is it just you, Don, like just 
making a list of people you want to talk to, how do you even start that? Like, yeah, I think a lot of people have no idea how to get started with something like that. I think starting out, I just like found a list of like orgs mm. that are probably likely to support the like thing that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. Then I like had a list of politicians that I was interested in contacting. I like cold called the politicians, mm. and um, for most of the orgs, I messaged them online and stuff. And I think like earlier on, we were a lot more influenced by outside orgs, just as young people who didn't like really know what was going on right, yeah. in the political sphere. Like our like first action was yeah. in the downtown Chandler area for right. the NDO, and that was really really heavily uh, influenced by the work of Glisten and the work of Chandler Pride, and it's just right. continued what they've been seeking to do but uh, a lot of the times the rhetoric that they're told is oh you people who are like older like what why are you like trying to make these decisions for young people <laughs> and I th think like we saw a niche as young people in this area but um, for just calling politicians we just wanted to see like genuinely why they were making some of these decisions and like how like this came about because I know that, like, in my school and in my personal life, these, like, bills don't seem really, like, culturally relevant. Like, it doesn't seem like they have a place in, like, the environment that I know that I'm in as a young person. It just right. doesn't make sense. So I think that was what we were trying to do. We were trying to find context around why... Why are we here? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that idea of, of context because I'm that's a whole hobby horse for me is context. Mm. Um, so... When you're looking at these bills and how they feel disconnected from what's actually happening in your schools, um, what is that kind of like? Yeah, what is yeah. that like? Like, it, is like there any connection at all, or is it just like, where is this even coming from? It's like a. I think what it has to do with is it has to do with like the source of information that they're getting it from. Because like, when you listen to the counter protesters across from you, like at the Capitol, mm -hmm. and they say something and it's completely different from anything that you've ever been told or anything that you've ever seen in your school it's it's a little jarring but that's that's just kind of how it is and i think that's why that these politicians are you know they do the things that they do because um critical race theory like that was a huge thing with tom horn's campaign was like stop critical race theory but the thing is like no one's no one in the state of arizona has ever been taught critical race theory but <laughs> I guess, like, at least 50% of the vote was under the impression that it, that was happening. So it's got to be, like, a different source that's saying this is what's happening in school, but that's not what's happening in school. So I, I guess that's where it comes from. Just, like, adding on to this, not even 5% of people probably know what critical race theory is. So right. that's, right. that's, I guess, the bit. Um yeah, I think, like, adding on to that, a lot of times, like, these far-out-there politicians are empowered by, like, the very loud few. And mm -hmm. I think as young people, like, we don't really, like, want to look into this these bills because, like, political language is just, like, it's so awful. Like, they're just, like, horrific long words that, like, no one ever wants to spend their time reading. Right. But, like, and all of these bills are, like, framed in a way that seems, like, just deliberately... Like, it doesn't make any sense or doesn't have any relevancy. Yeah. So a lot of young people tend to just, like, go past it and it's like, oh, that doesn't look great, but I don't want to read it because, like, that 
is really inconvenient to me. And I, I can see like why that is. But when we walked out with uh, like 800 plus young people across the state, yeah. uh, what we learned is that like when we were initially planning, we were like, oh, we're probably going to have a lot more kids than we think because kids want to skip class. But we walked <laughs> out and we had a long line of kids who were walking out because they wanted to skip class. And they were like, oh, like, why are you guys doing this? And we told them and they were like, oh, that's like awful that like that's right. going on. And they joined yeah. us and they didn't go home. So like that was huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like I feel like I that like I guess there is when it comes to starting out, you don't know like what the bills are, where to read and find the bills. Mm-hmm. Like who do you call? Like Don started out like just cold calling people. Like who do you cold call? Are they ever gonna get back to you? No. Like it's <laughs> and they're not gonna get no. back to you. And that's the thing. So like it's so it's it that's the thing with like starting as an activist is that you just like have no idea where that begins and no idea where to look like when it comes to your cause who to contact what orgs like it it is it is just like an extremely uphill battle and it feels like there's some push and pull because there's that need to reach out to people to get that landscape yeah and to get started but then i mean theoretically if you wanted to you could just volunteer with glisten if that's the kind of thing you wanted to do if you just fully wanted to be absorbed into what's already happening mm-hmm. right. and the push and pull that that seems to happen for you is how do you actually assert your independence as organizers separately mm-hmm. from these these groups that already exist while also creating those relationships and benefiting from that that's something that we already like we we have to think about a lot like like now and like probably forever but it is something that uh, I think when it comes to like maintaining our own independence, I think the only way that you're really able to do that is by having, uh, I guess, your own events and just being able to like assert yourself as your own voice and as a part of your own cause in this like unique area. Which I guess we say when Don said like we found a niche mm-hmm. in the East Valley, and when it comes to like organi- like like in the East Valley, it's like it's like almost nothing there's like there's like a very there's very few things in gilbert especially like there's nothing i don't know there's a there's a water tower there's one bridge we have um we have a postinos <laughs> you know it's like that is all that, that is what's in gilbert so i guess like in a way there's like a niche there at the same time uh maintaining that is like i think we we still have to think about that all the time when we're interacting with organizations just going back to the idea of like a lot of like national and larger organizations like it's surprising to me how limited they are in the kinds of things they're able to allow us to do i know that glistens Mm -hmm. face some difficulties uh like allowing us to be associated with them when we're doing these kinds of demonstrations and that's something that we like ultimately understand because they're like something that's national and they have like a board of directors who ultimately know what's best for them and what looks good for them as like an organization moving forward (laughs) yeah and us like walking out of schools and screaming is like not great for them yeah but (laughs) but the thing is is that it's something that we're really passionate about i think uh, like we've grown together like larger than any of these orgs in a sense because we're pretty close we like just hang out together and we talk about like these kinds of issues and what can we do about right. it and sometimes like our best ideas come out of we're like 
at an art fair in downtown Phoenix and we're like, yo, what if we like did this thing? We were at Brick Road Coffee and I was like, we should do like the body bag thing. Like yeah, the body bag thing. Like, and, we did, and then we ended up doing it. I think, yeah, I think being high schoolers is the biggest part of it because like even when you're in college, you don't really have a connection to like high schoolers back at your own like campus unless you have a sibling there, right? Yeah. Like, so being somebody who's like experiencing it and at the same time, being somebody who is connected with people who are experiencing it and being able to relate to them on, like, that level and, and the fact that, like, you're there, like, firsthand is pretty big. Not only are you students and therefore directly experiencing what's happening in schools, you're also spending a lot of time with all the other people who are directly experiencing this. And so you're not just having, like, your own solitary perspective, but you're having a whole community perspective right. that... Yeah almost no one else is ever going to have potentially even teachers i'm not sure but it, it feels like a unique perspective to bring to things and then that gives you i think some unique value you can contribute yeah. what do you see as the contribution you're trying to make as a group i think something that's like pretty impactful to me just like i don't know if it's really what you're asking but when we were doing the walkout uh, a lot of my friends they like messaged me before and they were like oh my parents don't want me to do this or mm. i have people who like are part of my family and they're asking me not to do this because they see it as dangerous they don't want to be associated with this but just know that i'm here for you and you're like my voice is part of yours mm. and i think that's pretty much what we're here for yeah i mean like think about it this way like people see their teachers more than they see their parents sometimes and people are at school for most of the day like mm -hmm. between sleeping and school that's like the most of like a person under 18's life so like when when we talk about like being a voice for those people i mean that is a real contribution here because like the because i mean like when they spend that much time in one place every day it's it has a huge effect on their mental and just knowing that like one, they have the option to join a group of people who are, you know, fighting on a, uh, on like a legislative level, on like a demonstration level, on a local level in mm -hmm. the East Valley, in Chandler Gilbert, and uh, and secondly, also have a place that they could look to if they want to see people fighting for that thing and see people expressing the same views that they have, even if they can't attend those marches or meetings themselves. I think that's really powerful. I think that's what we're here for. So you can be a voice for people, and then you can also help people to connect to the power that they have, but maybe don't know how to use. Yeah. And I think that's like really what it's all about. I mean, it's about elevating because these, I mean, how hard is it to really have your voice heard like through your like school club or like even like as a part of like an internship like how hard is it to have your voice heard and uh, be able to say like this is what i want to fight for but really you're fighting for some politician's agenda helping them get reelected, right right you end up being a face on something it's yeah. like oh here's the look at all these you know grassroots volunteers and it's <laughs> and i just think like at the end of the day we're like really lucky because a lot of the people that we work with a lot of the young people we work with they would be incredible in some of these political campaigns they would be great yeah. great little figureheads like look at this kid over here they support me but we, they're not doing that they're here with us and i think that's incredibly powerful it says something about young people and the future of young people in the state no matter how like awful our legislature is yeah that you don't want to just be absorbed into someone else's vision you you have yeah. your own vision 
And it's a unique vision because it's, it's a vision of, you know, people who are actually experiencing what these bills are targeted at. Yeah. You know, like parents, they do get to live that through a second hand. But it's, I mean, it, again, you know, you spend most of your time at school. Uh, if these if these bills that they're talking about pass, that's most of the time where you might be, you know, misgendered. Uh, you might be... You might be forced to use the wrong bathroom. You might not be allowed to play sports, and that's uh, that's serious. And it's something that you know even a parent can't really uh, witness firsthand. It's something that is deeply emotional, only on the level that somebody experiencing it firsthand could go through. When we talk about the power that you know people under the age of eighteen students can have, we've talked a lot about how it's limited, right? You don't get to vote. You aren't going to be listened to a lot of the time um, or you're going to be listened to but not actually listened to. Yeah. What what can you actually do that makes a difference? Uh, I think one of the things I want to hear more about is how you think about like disruptions and protests mm-hmm. and things like that. But what's kind of the spectrum of, of things that you actually can do? It's a narrow spectrum because on one hand, I think, you know, MLK said violence is the voice of the people who are voiceless, right? But we can't be violent. Because if we're violent, then we're expelled. You know, and that's, <laughs> <We're 17. laughs> and, we're, oh and that's and that's like it. But like, there's a narrow window where if you you know have, a, a, especially if you have a lot of people experiencing the same thing, if you have a lot of people suffering, a lot of people willing to fight, that you and you know that expands the window a little bit about what you could do. But there's a narrow window of both being able to work on a legislative level, so you know talking and testifying and having voice heard, and also being able to protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you're able to have, you know, peacefully protest within the law. And we have to be extra careful about, you know, being within the law in that circumstance. But when it comes to the, um, that, you know, when people, when a lot of people experience the same thing, when a lot of people want to be a part of that voice, that it widens the window and, you know, given Chandler, the Chandler walkout, uh, at Chandler High, nobody had to, you know, call in attendance from their parents because they eventually had just had, the administration was just like, okay, you know, we're not going to do that for this one day because so many people walked out. Uh, that's the type of stuff that allows us, gives us a little bit more wiggle room, given that, like, you know, yeah, if, if you were to tell your parents, oh, I can't be at school today, I'm going to be uh, walking out due to a protest, a lot of parents would say no, you know, so. They'd be like, yeah, are you yeah. crazy? So that expands the window for us, but it's definitely a narrow window, 100%. I think, like, going back to what, like, Hayden's saying, uh, like, for a lot of students, the demonstrations we do isn't just to show our opposition or people who are doubting us that we're here and we're strong and we, we have a lot of numbers, but for people who support us and can't be out here due to whatever circumstance, that there are people like us and there are a lot of us and things are going to change. Like, especially with the narrow line of demonstrating, it's we're young people and we're non-white young queer people in Arizona and that's (laughs) uh we don't know a lot about policy these like big words are incredibly confusing and we're having to figure out how to navigate them because we need a a means to show that we have political power and we wield we wield political power and we can do something and unfortunately sometimes that means like the boring part before a walkout where we're scrolling through like hundreds of pages of law going is it like okay for us to do this or are we going to get arrested or is our school administration liable to uh target 
because we're on social media platforms, that's been one of our biggest things, to target the kids whose faces are on this event oh, and right. just, yeah. like, have them face the consequences. And I think we faced the same kind of issue for our body bag demonstration. Yeah. We did so much emailing to the Capitol, like, is this something we can do? Can we do it? And they give us incredibly vague answers, and then we were relocated to a sidelon. Yeah. That's I mean, how it is. And, like, it's like... <laughs> When you look at the requirements to reserve the lawn, it's like event insurance and like all these things. Yeah, you like, have to like oh be gosh. an organization and you have to pay millions of dollars if you like set fire to a little blade of grass. <laughs> yeah, it's craziness. It's like, it's like I, I just want to, you know, like all of this and it's, uh, and, and you know, the reason it's there is just to discourage people from doing anything. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And, it's, it's designed to make it less accessible. Right. And in, in a way, that's like a part of our responsibility too as uh, if we have a growing platform like this, we need to be able to, you know, be something that people could join onto and look towards when they come, when they think about support for whatever cause they have. Because uh, it's hard to start, you know, it's hard to start, and it's and it's easier if you have somebody who already knows how to read the two hundred page bill, you know. I think ultimately, like one of the reasons that we do walkouts and demonstrations is that we know there's a lot of people who want to take part, there's a lot of people who want to organize, uh, but there is not a lot of people who want to deal with safety ramifications, there's not a lot of people who want to be doing that kind of work, and it's totally understandable, but we want to make these things happen because there are so many of us, and we have the means and the power to do so, so we will. Um, I think the other thing is the fact that, um, like, we actually have the power to make change. And Chandler, like, as he said, the admins saw how many kids were out there. They were like, this is going to look really bad for us as a school if we report this many kids as missing. So we're just going to have to excuse them. Oh, right. That's what happened. And even though, like, we face... We did face a lot of, like, backlash from admin. We had a school that was walking out, and their principal locked the gates on them, and they were like, you cannot leave the school premises because this looks bad for us. Oh, wow. And at our school, actually, at Hamilton, uh, our principal came out, and uh, I was, like, talking about collective responsibility and how people in power are, like, no matter how much power they wield, they still are doing things, and they have the means to help us, and they're not doing that. And kids looked at he, saw that he was coming out and started shouting, do something. And then he started, like, hightailing it back into, like, <laughs> and kids are yelling at him. And we got so much video of that. But I feel like that really just exemplifies, like, why we're doing this, right? It's yeah. a, a means to hold these people responsible for the actions that they're taking. Because we know that our politicians and the people who represent us are just like my principal cowering in our like library window right. watching us because he's like kind of scared of us and like if he retreats any further into the library we were like we were like yelling at him he could clearly see yeah yeah so <laughs> so part of what you're doing is about accessibility like yeah. making it more accessible for people to get into this to use their voices before long, you're not going to be in high school. Right. So I imagine part of that work is also about making it more accessible for people to not just be involved, but be leaders, right? Because, I mean, I don't know if you're thinking about this yet or not, but I imagine that you have to find oh, yeah. people who can fill your shoes. Yeah. I sent Don 
a 250 page book oh yeah and I, <laughs> that I ripped from my sister's DSA like uh, <laughs> like membership or like whatever library they have I have 50 and, pages left yeah and, and, I, and it's, 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 it's organizing in the new Gilded Age uh, written 2016 and it's a really great book uh, my sister told me you need to read this it's the organizing bible and, I, and ever since then I've been like trying to get as many people as possible to read it because I know like I'm out of here what like September at the latest um, you know I'm a senior Don's out here uh, Don's a junior Don's going to be out um, like in one year we're both so, leaving the state yeah. so and we're, we're gonna we're probably both gonna be leaving the state so in the event that happens uh, we can't you know say that we're an accessibility organization if we just cut off the the entrance to accessibility at 2025 right that's crazy you know so or 2024 so yeah uh, I think a really important thing is is being able to you know get a lot of um, new leadership as well and be able to take people who are willing to be passionate and bring them up there. I recently uh, sat down like a, a few people in like Brick Road Coffee and he's like, we need to have one on ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we heard that speech. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we need to have one on ones, and I like made this entire diagram with the, the bullseye like recruitment model and everything, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have diagrams. Yeah, and we have to have leadership. Like, are we in Succession, the TV show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say you have to think about succession planning. <laughs> I mean, that is what it is. That's really cool. That's really cool. I think like the other part about accessibility is the fact that we don't want to like structure this like some of those national orgs that were yeah. derived mm-hmm. out of youth organizing and now have a bit panel and a board of directors and hidden funders that's not something we ever want to do what we want to do is have a group of kids who are working together they're collaborating and all of their voices are heard on an equal level that's why i didn't want to come alone is that i i genuinely think that it's it's better to have multiple voices at the table Mm. than one voice who knows maybe a little bit more than the other ones because i think at the end, like something that really distinguishes us from anyone else out there is our lived experience as queer people and queer youth in Arizona. Yeah, and I mean that's like the that's a, that's huge because I feel like the thing is that nobody is more I guess like has any more expertise on this than students. I mean, there are people who have read all the bills and know all the bill numbers. Uh, and they aren't us, but we are the people who you know have <laughs> have you know the lived experience, and I think that's the the real difference. And I think that's why like we sh- we should be able to have uh, we should have everybody's experiences included because uh, we have a lived experience, and, and everybody's experience is slightly different. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can I can list a, a dozen bills off the top of my head <laughs> about schools, and it's like. I don't even know what it's like in a high school, right? I really don't. Like, I know things on a factual level, and that's it, because I I haven't been in school for over a decade, right? And so that's something that I just have a huge blind spot for, no matter how much information I can gather. It's a huge blind spot. And going back to, like, what Don said about national organizations, I mean, there's there's (laughs) national (laughs) organizations, and it's like... And, you know, I've talked about how many, like, internships I've done. I mean, national organizations are stuck between, you know, a chapter is stuck between having the agenda from national and no funding from national. Yeah. And and it's absolutely, and I'm I'm sure you have your own experience. I have my own experience. Like, the the idea when I was was a kid and I was doing 
political stuff, I was like, yeah. I don't want to be a chapter of someone else. Right. And, th and there would always be the chapters of these bigger organizations, and they would always be mad at us for doing our own thing and not being their local chapter. And it's like, well, what are we even going to get from it? We can do yeah. all of this on our own, yeah. and it's more fun, and we can be collaborative and creative. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm always going to look back on that. It's like one of the coolest things I ever got to do, because it was just we made the form, we made the rules. Right. And the thing is, like, National will tell you, well, you know, there's, there's bills, and, you know, National will tell you, you know, we need to do these things, and you need to, you know, this is a part of our agenda, we're going to have a National, you know, lobbying day, and stuff like that. And it's like, cool, but where, where do we start when there's, you know, there's no money, you don't, you know, they don't know what it's like on the ground uh, in, in Arizona itself. I mean, you know, they only know that there are, there's a little bit of a potential to build. They don't, they don't even know the politicians, and I know when it comes to the local level, uh, it is completely, you know, ridiculous when I see these these national you know systems going down. They uh, they completely expect the most uh, and demand the most at the same time. Give zero freedom to do anything, and zero funding to do anything. It's almost like um, it's it's less of a chapter. It's more of a puppet, and it's. A puppet that has, you know, no, no money and no, like, no arms, has no ability <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> yeah, sock puppet. It's a little sock puppet. And, and that's all it is, you know. Yeah. I it's, think, like, just going back to what you were saying, I think, I think you're totally right. I think even though we probably are moving out of the state, um, and we're probably going to go on to different things that probably are going to involve politics. Mm -hmm. Like this is something that's going to be immeasurable to the experiences that we're probably going to be having later on. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. I think like this has really just influenced uh, the fact that I feel like there needs to be more work in politics. And unfortunately yeah. maybe I'm the person who is going to be doing <laughs> the work in politics. I don't think like anyone really genuinely enjoys working politics yeah, a lot of the time but i guess yeah. like you know the creation of a monster it's happened right here uh, <laughs> right you know yeah and it's you've been cursed yeah <laughs> as high schoolers you have so much to do and you only have uh you know four years until you're out of uh, you're out of the, the high school right you know you're out of the environment uh, you're on to bigger things and it's a very limited time frame where you could only do so much but it's something that like we uh, we know that you know is going to happen. We know that we have to continue both ourselves as you know through our own you know out of state means and also our organization. We have to continue our organization with new people in state. Yeah, because that's the only way that you know we're because because there's no way I'm going to be like, hey guys. Uh, it's me. I'm calling from you know like Michigan, and also like you know get on the Zoom call. And I heard there's these bills. You know you could, That's you terrible. guys could, you guys could go <laughs> testify. That. Thank you. You know, I, I, yeah, I, you're gonna be yeah. national. I have a presentation. Gonna national. I'm gonna be national. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, thanks so much for for talking with me today. This yeah. I I really love this. Thanks again to Don Hayden for being my guests this week on the podcast. If you're interested in catching up on past episodes of the show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or in any podcast player, or you can visit our website directly, equalityarizona.org stories. While you're there, you can sign up to be a guest on a future episode of the podcast. But if being on a mic seems a little bit intimidating, we've got a lot of other great ways to get involved. And you can find all of our upcoming events on our website, too equalityarizona.org slash events.
Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.